Blog Talk Radio. Hubbard, and, and you know he was a 
uh, a student of Aleister Crowley, who was like the self-professed Antichrist. Right, so that was I, a I, uh, association that I, I, I thought would be it was amazing. Uh, and um, you know your, your your association with him, and I know the revelations that that, that developed from that close association with Hubbard, uh, and and understanding the the uh, the mechanization of that of that whole um, Scientology. Um, uh, it it must have been a, a, a tremendous uh, um, awakening to you, you know. Well, it, uh, it has been, and, and this I tried to put it. The import of it is, hmm. uh, is, is it was never my intention or hmm. desire to be, uh, you know, to sit there and, and be a harbinger or communicator right. of dark things and. Right. and Alchemy, and, and okay, but and I've always been trying to expose things and expose the truth and uh, try and you know deliver truth to people. Um, but the thing is, is I've noticed that people, whether it be the the people I was with in in Scientology who stayed in, it took them you know twenty thirty years to wake up uh, to what I woke up you know way back right. when what was going on, and. Uh, or, or say with the Montauk Project, where people read it and were interested, and they they remain right there at that level mm-hmm. of uh, mind dross, uh, or a, a more crude word I might say that begins with an F, mind F. If if you know to, to be you know polite, <laughs> yeah, I, know, I know. Is, is it you know they, they stay right at that level. So you know, I, I wanted to mention, I I I, I saw you, you you seem to very to really um, uh, dis. Those, those those people and I I think I can understand because I've had some contact with those as well, those people as well uh, because of, through George and uh, the understanding with George Dixon about those people and and uh, I can understand your uh, um, I, I think I can understand your disdain for 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 that whole post, poster boy as you put it the poster boy or poster girl. Uh, for the Montauk uh, project, well, for, for Montauk mind control or any mind control or conspiracy yeah. in general, because um, conspiracies do exist and they they should be exposed. Oh. But when one keeps running around in the same squirrel cage, you can have them twenty years uh, talking later talking about the same conspiracy and going nowhere. But to, to answer right. your question, is alchemy? Well, the whole idea of of alchemy is is to transmute base metals into gold. This is really a metaphor for the consciousness. And if you study alchemy, you'll learn this, is to transmute the lower or negative aspects into the higher. Gold is a, is a metaphor for a higher level of consciousness. So what I'm trying to do is, is wake people up to, to transform their own psyche, their own consciousness, because even if you're a regular Joe citizen walking around, uh, who's so-called normal, you're dealing with a lot of negative things from uh, just the food and the GMOs that we eat to uh, the people you might have to deal with in the workplace, uh, to the government that uh, issues uh, laws sometimes or at least agendas that are not in our best interest. So it's crucial that every individual learn how to transform the negative factors in his own life into uh, a higher higher oh, level yeah, and I, this is what yeah, the book I, is about yeah your, your book is metaphorical to that extent for sure i i think i i really liked the uh white back the alchemy of writing i thought that was 
you know, the white bat, I understand that, you know, uh, at the beginning of the book where it was, you know, at the dream and turning that into um, the, um, from Dracula to the evil of Dracula to the, to the, uh, to almost the guardian angel, you know, um, uh, that, 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 uh, 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 bipolar aspect of our existence is, is, you know, I thought I thought that was a good way to open it, and and to have such a dream as that that carried you through the last twenty years. Um, nineteen eighty nine, the dream was yes, nineteen eighty nine. Yeah, yeah, it's remarkable. You know, I don't think I've ever had a dream that was so um, uh, that carried with me that long, uh, other than possibly uh, past life regression uh, things that made sense, made that uh, that allowed me to understand my own. Um, present existence and present. Uh, well, I, I think you did, Leo. I think you did, and I would I would refer to the conversation we had earlier today, when right. you uh, were given the, the the gift to be able to read the the tarot cards, and oh yeah, you 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 didn't have it in a dream, but you had it in a vision. You had a living dream, and, yes, and you did. saw I, I, certain things. I thank you for saying that because it really it really was, and it was. Uh, Having that living dream, and you talk about lucid dreams in your book, and you talk about um, your living dreams, and 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 uh, and how they um, that subconscious element that we um, seem to dismiss, okay, is really so prevalent in our lives. It seems to be the the it's, it's a motivating factor that we don't even understand uh, consciously. Um, you know what makes us do what we do, what makes us uh, feel the way we feel, or or, or um, react to things the way we react to them, and 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 I and, and and it's really true that yeah I I the more I think about it, Peter, uh, as I as I thought about the, the your book, the alchemy of writing because I've I've been writer, a writer all my life in, in one way or another, but trans translating or transforming those images or those ideas or those whatever they are uh, concepts into a, a written format okay in itself is amazing but to be able to publish it somehow to be able to promote it or publish it so that other people can see it and read it is it, it, is probably the most amazing uh, form of alchemy and you've, you've accomplished that in your career as a publisher and as a writer, and you've you've been able to promote some fascinating, amazing uh, uh, things, you know, uh, that I don't know how else they could have been published in any other format uh, other than your own, you know. Who else would have published those books on Montauk? Or nobody on, uh, would have published them, and that's, that's part of the unique chemistry or alchemy that I've yeah. been able to add is by oh, yeah, kind of no, having I, that I, theme. Always, you are some amazing magician, you know, in, in the publishing industry because you've been able to take these remarkable stories and there is remarkable, censored, uh, highly uh, secretive um, uh, 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 tales and stories and and um, be able to publish them and put them out there and, and create a, a very large audience for your for this. And um, I've, been, I've been so very pleased that George uh, Dixon uh, introduced me to your work. You know, I don't know how I would have found out about it otherwise, but um, it's been a it's been a pleasure to read your work and a, and a pleasure to promote it on my programs and so. So, um, 
you know, I, I'm sorry, I, I kind of got ahead of myself there, but go ahead, uh, uh, explain the uh, the alchemy, because uh, you definitely are an alchemist when it comes to writing, and uh, I do appreciate that. Well, that that uh, thank you, and thank you for mentioning George. He, yeah. he was part of a very uh, unique uh, cabal, if you will, of people uh, on Long Island who uh, were some of the first to know about the Montauk Project uh, well before it was ever published, uh, and who had some uh, involvement in it, but uh, yes. Uh, so, and, and as you say, many of the people around at that time were were, you know, kind of stuck in the Montauk project and couldn't break out of it, or at least the psychology of it. Right. Uh, right. And you know, which was all about how people had been mind controlled through electronics and whatnot. And and part mm-hmm. of the whole the whole idea, if you study any sort of esoteric wisdom or yoga. Uh, or anything of the like, is that mankind is asleep. Mankind is asleep, and when oh. he begins to wake up, those aspects of his of his brain or his consciousness, then there's a whole plethora of things out there that he has to deal with. And some of them are sinister, some of them are less than benign. And uh, so when one wakes up and, and, and say, uh, goes out there for the first day of school, uh, there's really not necessarily a teacher. There's a yeah. lot of bullies on the playground. And so oh, you, 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 and I'm talking about like the so-called astral plane or just a jump up in consciousness. Oh. And yeah, this, is, yeah. this is what Absolutely one, right. it, yeah, so this is what one can encounter. And of course, any negativity, uh, one, it's, it's always best if you can transmute a positive situation. I have a friend who was just let go from a very, uh, you know, major prestigious institution, which I won't name. And now that she was let go because of uh, retired, because of, uh, I guess, what you call financial uh, emergencies, uh, these people are now picking each other apart. They're terrorizing each other in the workplace because she was there stopping it from happening. She was there um, helping everybody uh, have an equilibrium. And when when they lost her, now they're like you know wolves at each other's throats. Oh my and, god! And this is a, somebody who was who was bringing a joy to the world in in their own way, and you know they, they they miss her very much. So it's like when when you step into the world, you can make a situation worse. It's just like a a, a ball player on a team who lifts the spirit and what they call makes them more than makes the other players, you know, better than they were. That's true. Uh, just be- That's because true. of their professionalism or their morale or their enthusiasm for right. playing the game. Uh, the remarkable thing, Peter, and I, I, I always attribute this to I, when, when I, I read your book, The Alchemy of Writing, and it's always it, it's so true that the, even even the um, well, let's say even the simplest uh, uh, presence of somebody in a workplace or somebody, a teacher or a professor or a speaker or a, you know, whatever it may be, a friend even, can, 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 can create the, um, um, the change, you know, the change that, uh, uh, or the change of thinking, uh, uh, a a different way of thinking, a different uh, thought that might Transcend your entire consciousness to to creating something different to, to even to to changing your entire life. 
all right, around. And it doesn't take that much sometimes. It just takes the um, well. You're you're a great uh, a great believer in synchronicity as well as I, and I think that yeah that that's true. People come into our lives for a reason, uh, whether it is to denigrate or to inspire. But in a, in, a, in a case where it's it's a, it's a negative aspect or a negative power, uh, it's a test. You know, it's kind of like testing our will, testing our strength, testing our own resolve uh, against these this. And uh, let me give you a clue not, of that. Let me give you a clue about that, about yeah. what you say to how people find in at, at a very early age, relatively early age, in my late teens, uh, I I was uh, introduced to the the I Ching or Book of Changes, as it's called, uh, right. the Chinese book that has the. Uh, the 64 hexagrams, meaning lines of six, which are all uh, positive and negative. These things have been plotted out as as being corresponding to the DNA uh, and also corresponding to the uh, uh, – I forget, but these positive and negative polarities of existence, like you have a positive line, a negative line, and all these – different permutations of positive and negative, which is right. different patterns of existence. Now, the Chinese looked at this and uh, created the ancient Chinese uh, or ancient whoever it was that gave it to the Chinese, and they showed that there are certain patterns of existence, and they, they wrote uh, um, lines that, that sort of tell you, interpret them. So the whole idea was that you would uh, toss some coins or, or put these yarrow sticks, uh, this in, in different patterns, and what they came up at that moment was your exact moment of where you were at that moment. And part of the reason for that, by the way, or any divination like the tarot that you're familiar with, is you're taking, if life was all programmed and predestined, uh, life itself, the God mind or the creator, he's open to the, the idea of chance or spontaneity. And this is why uh, spontaneity is is part of life because the creator didn't want to figure everything out or once he'd figured everything out he had to have some chance it's like it's it's not just you know life is boring if everything's planned if you're watching a show and you know exactly how it ends so th- this is a part of of the creator is this spontaneity so when you throw coins or or place yellow sticks randomly uh you are engaging in an act of creation and, and momentary spontaneity, and you see what's exactly before you. And when you read these, and the I Ching in particular is not something that, that necessarily pats you on the back. It slaps you in the face, and it makes you look at things. And it also tells you, sort of, uh, depending at your own skill of interpretation, what you can do and what you can do, what you're doing that's wrong, what you're doing that's right, and it, it it's a, a stern taskmaster more than it is something that pats you on the back. I, I think I've seen more, you know, like you're you're sitting there. There's the river, and and there's the the bridge, and you better you better walk softly and wear the right type of shoes, or you're going to end up in the water. Ah, you know, I I I wanted to um, talk to you a bit tonight about the um, because you 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 delved into it quite a bit about the uh, the tarot and the power of the tarot. And you talked about the Toth tarot. And uh, I, you know, it's funny, I had 
probably heard about it, but I, I don't think I ever really checked it out because there's a several different uh, tarot uh, decks, you know. But the, the top tarot was the one that was designed by Alex Crowley, and I think that 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 kind of that that knocked me out because I don't know. I mean, I don't know if Crowley and you're you're very well familiar with him his work and and uh, through Scientology and his connection there, but also. Uh, but I I never quite understood. I mean, everybody who's ever talked about Crowley, but talked about him more in fear than in than in uh, you know uh, what the, he actually accomplished and what he was trying to accomplish. And when I when I look at the tarot, yeah. uh, I it's really the his tarot the the tarot cards of Toth, uh, which he I guess he designed or he helped design. Uh, it it it's it's very weird. I I don't. As a tarot reader, but tarot from a different type of deck, I I kind of don't understand the symbolism of this. Do you, are you more familiar with that? Or let me let me say let me say a couple things just to clarify. First off, right. is is that there are people that will explain to you that Crowley's tarot or the Book of Thoth was yeah. the the deck itself was actually created and it was certainly painted by Lady Frida Harris, and that she right. actually was at odds with Crowley about certain things and that oh. he might have uh, adulterated it or changed it, but it was being done uh, either, you know, at, at she was for hire in this regards, or he was collaborating with her. But his book actually, aside from all the pictures, explains his, what you call his magical knowledge of uh, the majority years of his life. And, and yeah. I just want to clarify that, that you know, you said, Scientologists do not study Aleister Crowley. That's not a part of their regimen. Oh, that's, that's, I, I, no, I studied Crowley after I left Scientology and realized the extent to which Hubbard, because I, I'd read different uh, information right. about it, the extent to which he was interested in it, which I did not know at the time. I knew he had a connection there, but I didn't yeah. know how dedicated and interested he was. So that started well, my interest in the occult. One of your a lot of books, um, and I forget which one it is. I'm, I apologize, uh, but you you spoke about the um, sexual cult that they had, the sexual uh, thing that Hubbard had with. I, I wasn't sure if it was with Crowley or somebody else, but there were there was a. Um, um, uh, I, I, I should have researched this before I brought it up, but I just thought about it now. In one of those books, they, I guess there was a. A sexual uh, sacrifice or a sexual kind of uh, 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 ceremony. Let me clarify that. That was the Babylon working, and that was that was not. Um, I mean, was that was with and, Jack, and, Jack Parsons was conducting yeah. it in tandem with L. Ron Hubbard. Uh, the ah. sex going on was between Jack Parsons and, and Marjorie Cameron, who uh, became his wife. And uh, but it was an occult ritual to incarnate uh, the goddess Babylon and reverse the the thousands upon thousands of years of of tyranny uh, of the patriarchal society that has, ah. has been here on Earth for a long time. Now there there is a lot of accoutrements to go with that, and a lot of uh, I know that that according to Marjorie, who told me personally that that whole experiment upset Ron very much. She said he was totally shaken by it, and it really? moved him very deeply. Uh, he was never the same after that experiment, according to her. And you know, I mean, she only knew him for a short time after that experiment. Oh, sure. But uh, yeah. but um, 
to get back to your question about the, the tarot sure. and Alistair uh, and Alistair Crowley, is that um, regardless of what anybody thinks of Alistair Crowley or how you want to judge him, if you choose to judge him, and, and of course his personal lives uh, and stories, which are very dubious, uh, to put it uh, in the most favorable yeah. light possible, <laughs> yeah. is is that he had a a certain scholarship. And he, the first thing is, he studied the Bible upwards, backwards, down, and forwards because it was forced down his throat. He knows the Bible very well. And you see a very good demonstration of this in an in a online publication, which you can either buy or, or download for free, the Gospel, according to Saint, or the, the, the Gospel According to George Bernard Shaw, which is a, an essay or a book by Crowley, which he demonstrates his knowledge, his own personal knowledge of the Scriptures, and how George, he says George Bernard Shaw must not have read him at all, because he's sitting there pontificating about Christianity, and it's very clear he's, he's completely contradicting the words of Jesus uh, with the, practically every statement he makes. So Crowley had a very, very immense knowledge of the Bible. Oh, guys, yeah, these guys were crazy back then. I mean, they had some really pretty, pretty prolific and wild ideas between him and Huxley and Bertrand Russell and all of these guys, uh, you know. <clears throat> but but, um, but let me I, I finish answering your question. Yeah, I didn't know that Crowley was not um, that these guys were misinterpreting the Bible or any other thing. You know, I, I, let I, me I, just I, clarify in your question. Or let me let right. me answer your question. Is that yeah. Crowley? I'm just saying, is he had a knowledge of the Bible? He had a knowledge of much esoteric literature. That is, is, if you went to study esoteric knowledge in a library or even in a bookstore, a New Age bookstore or something the like, you wouldn't find the same information. And no. these, some of these were kept in secret societies that he belonged to. He belonged to many, including the Rosicrucians, of which he was the head of, the inner order of the, of the Rosicrucians. Was he really? He was, he was the head of the Rosicrucians. Of the inner order. And Theodore inner Royce, order. the one who, who was the, uh, who sort of introduced him to the, uh, Ordo Templi Orientis, which is more f- famous uh, being associated with Crowley, he was the outer head of the order, and uh, and there, there became a big legal battle with Crowley and uh, Louis Spence over who would who would get the rights to the Rosicrucian order uh, oh. and the outer order. But uh, Crowley remain, remained the head of the inner order, and the the but he, of all this vast amounts of knowledge that he was able to access and read, he had a scholarly mind. And so at the end of his life, he wrote this book of Toth to uh, basically map out his knowledge as best as he could do it. And a lot of it's just, most of it's just pure symbols. He will allude to secret this and secret that sometimes. And sometimes... I have to say, because I I think that's fascinating, but, um, you know, again, we're probably going through some form of synchronicity here, but I I was... um, I've been reading uh, on on the show last last week's show. I I was um, I've been I've been doing a narration of the Emerald Tablets of Toth, and and um, uh, I did uh, one and two plus the prelude um, by uh, Doctor um, uh, uh, Doriel, uh, who was the uh, founder of the White Brotherhood, um, and uh, he was his his uh, uh, translation. I guess is the authentic uh, translation of Toth's Emerald Tablets, but um, uh, the fascinating, uh, fascinating thing 
and I and I felt it was critical that that they that they should be read aloud or at least you know narrated to the extent that there was I think there were fifteen tablets, uh, and um, uh, uh, a remarkable remarkable thing that and and but in your I, I was amazed that in your book uh, you 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 stay you talked about Toph and then you talked about I'm sorry um, oh God I pulled it up um, the uh, um, yeah, to Tutmosis, there was and right. Toth plus Moses, all right, and all the all the teachers seem to somehow be related to Toth, you know, and uh, of course Toth was also uh, Hermes, okay, it was the uh, god of uh, in communication, the god of uh, commerce, and the god of whatever, and uh, the, 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 it was fascinating when you when you wrote this because I've been studying uh, much of Toth and and. Um, George Dixon um, was the was who uh, introduced me to to the tablets and to Toth's work and I uh, and I have uh, been fascinated ever since. But I wanted to do a uh, I felt it was important to do to do uh, to narrate the entire uh, tablets on 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 my show uh, and um, uh, because uh, they have to be out there. But you know the fascinating the fascinating thing and I have to say this is that uh, you know the his his um, famous um, statement of Zin Euro, all right. If you stay, if you say Zin Euro, you call call him forth as a channel or as a guide or so on. And um, and I put that I, it uh, when I when I posted that several many years ago, actually probably seven or eight years ago now. Um, I posted the word Zin Euro on my website, you know, and uh, I have gotten thousands. Upon thousands upon thousands of of um, uh, referrals to that word uh, on Google, if you believe it or not, Google and other search engines. But uh, uh, for some reason, I mean, his, his work. Uh, the, I mean, the Toth is well, well, well known uh, throughout all the esoteric, all the cultural communities. But for some reason, posting that one word, Sinuru, all right. Uh, created, uh, I you know to this day, people are still. It's one of the top referral um, on on the uh, browser of my of my website. You know, it's one of the top referrals to my website. Is that one uh, short article or short uh, uh, trans, uh, uh, statement that I put up there, which was years ago? Uh, people still referring to that. So, but what what was it with the toss? Um, um, that seems to be, I mean, he seems to be reincarnated every so often into different people and into different. Do you do you see a thought now uh, in the in the 21st century? Do you see him here now, or do you see just his legacy being carried over? I I think to refer to him as an incarnated something or rather is a it, it invites oversimplification. Uh, oh, yeah. Just by the very nature of it, because it, it gives the attributes uh, of a uh, what was interpreted to be a god into uh, a one particular individual, yeah. and and this is so you have if you look at the archetypes, it's like well, who incarnated as Scorpio or who incarnated as Aquarius, the water bearer, and it, right. it's like there are many people and scholars. If you begin to 
and this is a problem with Aleister Crowley's works that I've noticed is that people study him and they get into him and then they begin to think they are him. They think they oh. are Aleister Crowley re- reincarnated. This is actually a form of possession. And oh. um, this is not, uh, I mean, this is their inability. You know, it's like going out on the school playground and becoming the bully. You know, <laughs> yeah, it, it, right. yeah. it's instead of, you know, you can't handle the bully. The next thing you know, you are the bully, and you're just out there beating kids up too, because uh, you're you're resonating with what you saw. And an occultist, mm-hmm. and and the bully is not the occultist himself. It's it's the the, the entity that comes in and takes over him. And th- this so is a common problem. That. I'm so glad you said that because I I, I it's so true. Um, you know, uh, we we're like vessels. I mean, human beings are really vessels, and. Uh, we harbor our own spirit, but we 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 seem to our spirit can so easily seem to be dominated by others, by other spirits that that want to come in um, or want to take over, and then we 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 look for them. We 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 seek others' guides. We seek uh, the thing, and unless we're very very careful um, as spiritualists or as psychics or as even tarot readers, we 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 have a tendency to um, uh, be deceived. We have a tendency to for these things to, to to dominate our spirit, you know, or to come in and influence them in ways that, um, well, how can I say? But you know, I think I think one of the great things. I don't know if you had mentioned it or not uh, in your book or another book that I was reading that. Um, the transcendence, uh, the transcendence, yeah, the um, of good of the of the good of you and the evil, good and evil together, creates the perfect individual, the perfect spirit. You know, once you accept both parts of your existence, okay, then you can overcome all all obstacles because yet you have to, in some way, make friends uh, with both. You know, parts of your exist, both parts of your spirit, which are both good and evil. You know, you have both good and evil, and and that, that evil part that we so often seem to attribute to the bad things that we do. Okay, is really our 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 survival instinct. It's our it's our lower uh, chakras, if you will, our lower um, you know, dimensions. You know, that second dimension that we. We we tend to avoid and you know, but um, or overlook. But the but as evolving spirits as our evolving uh, humanity, um, you know we have to integrate the the the, poss- the concept of both that uh, both the light and the dark, the jinn, if you will, and the and the um, and the uh, and the higher spirit, you know, of light and. Uh, once, once I think once that was one of the most difficult things for me to grasp uh, a number of years ago, uh, discovering the jinn and discovering that 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 bipolar aspect of humanity, and living with it and accepting both parts of you uh, to the extent that you you know that you don't go overboard either way, you know, because I, I always found that whenever I whenever I Strive for for holiness, or strive for spirituality, or strive for some form of um, uh, uh, not sainthood, but you know what I mean, uh, purity, a spirit. <laughs> I always found myself 
uh, craving the other side, craving it beyond belief, and uh, craving it more than uh, than before. Because and, and until I, I developed a, 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 a balance, you know, an, an equilibrium between the two. And I remember George used to constantly say, he says, Leo, there's no evil, there's no good. He says, it's all the same. you got to understand that. He says, it's like, you know, what's wrong with being bad or what's wrong with, he says, the same as wrong with being good. He says, it's part of you. It's part of the nature of humanity. It's part of being. And I, and it was, that that was that was a difficult concept. Many many years ago, he, he spoke to me about that, and it was a concept that I that I gradually ex, uh, understood and accepted. But how how you know with dealing with the Crowley concept or dealing with that whole uh, entity of evil? You know, he says I'm the most evil man in the world. You know, uh, it, it was such a uh, uh, um, really such a farce. You know, it was such a a joke. It was such a statement that it was almost funny, you know. Uh, you know, uh, what what constitutes evil, in your opinion, and what constitutes good, and how do you marry the two together into a into a transcendent life? Well, the, to answer that question, that's going to be interpreted by every person who hears those two words and, incorpor- right. and incorporates it. But I mean, on a very simple level good is what you experience when you like something and yeah. when versus when you don't or if it makes you feel good and evil yeah. is uh you know the kid who comes down the block and, and threatens you or or does worse or anybody who threatens you uh you know but, sometimes but, but, but sometimes people have power, sometimes power has its own pleasure you know has its own feelings of good you know like that's why people uh, strive for that sense of power, you know, over someone else or over something, you know. Uh, you know, it, it gets off. They get off on that whole thing. It makes them feel great, you know. And it's, it's like almost orgasmic to some degree, you know, that people well, that, there, well. Let me say something. There, there's there's a – when people, uh, you know, try and, uh, you know, make that transcendence, and they, yeah. they they look at the the equilibrium of the two concepts. Once they get a more evolved understanding and learn that you have to, uh, you know, you learn after when you first learn your initial ideas of good and evil, you have to become a little more cultivated or indoctrinated or sophisticated in terms of, you know, everything that looks like it's good isn't necessarily good, and the same for evil. But oh yeah. Yeah. The, the point the point of it is 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 sometimes people will get to that so-called equilibrium and use it as a justification to bend over into the evil and say that, well, evil is just as good as good, and, and uh, therefore I can be evil, and it gives sometimes they will have a license to be evil. I've seen this. I once met a Tibetan monk who was saying, you know, he was studying all aspects of black magic so as to counteract, you know, so he would understand the, the badness so that he could have the good. And it was very clear this guy was completely polarized, into darkness and was going down a very dark path because oh, he thought, thought he was he was studying black magic so that he could protect himself from all of that negativity where he was in my opinion he was becoming it oh yeah i believe you and you know it, like for instance um you know i i i i i've looked at the um the catholic church for instance and i, I looked at catholics and and their um um what is it there Obsession with, uh, you know, uh, birth control, or their obsessions with 
um, you know, demonology or their obsessions with all, all kinds of crazy things. But I mean, here's a, here is a, 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 a an institution that was founded upon violence, founded upon uh, brutality. Okay, founded. I mean, the church. Let's face it, is a Roman is a Roman concept. You know, uh, Christ was a was a, a Roman creation. You know, but uh, but it, it it was founded on the brutality and the murder of a, of, a, of a prophet, you know, uh, a I mean, sadomasochistic you, incident, yeah, a sadomasochistic it's drama. It's true, and it's like I went, how can anybody possibly, possibly associate goodness, kindness, compassion, love, all these other wonderful things with a sadomasochist religion, and and and. With 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 a, a with with a uh, 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 how can I say a a masochistic prophet okay who willfully sacrificed himself on the cross and went through these horrible things to supposedly save mankind it's like you know it, it made no sense to me it never made sense to me well you, but, you have to understand that that all but, of that stuff all these, all... had this huge institution. That with all of these priests and all of these nuns and all of these people and all of these, uh, you know, uh, people, uh, you know, uh, 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 doing sacrifices and penances and all this kind of craziness, okay? But yet you have, you know, in the 21st century, we've had over 10,000 cases of pedophilia, and those are just on the ones that aren't covered, okay? Uh, well, th- you know, this is this is a problem. Kind of, this yeah. I mean, this is a problem to even focus too much on this stuff because because yeah. what happens is it's like that that religion was based upon the idea of uh well first off is based upon ancient more ancient concepts of alchemy of transmutation of raising rising the dead rising above the negativity which certainly uh, the Christ story as it is 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 a story of of uh, oh, of rising through of, negativity, but I'm yeah. saying is all of the the stuff that ensues, and then it, it becomes a, a game to control and manipulate people. And it's a, right. a, there's always some nuggets of truth within the story to make it stick. But right. the, the the whole thing is 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 to focus so much on the, the negativity part. of all of the yeah. horrible stuff that happened on the Inquisition, and yeah. all of the the witch burnings that have been uh, absolutely uh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah actually disappeared from history because they, they don't even write it. That's not even considered valid history of no, all the witch burnings no, that took place. Thousands and but thousands, the, hundreds of thousands of people, you know, were, were, were burned at the stake, you know. Uh, I mean, Masons, for crying out loud, Freemasons were burned. But, but you know, all of these things, all of these horrors that were created and input and, 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 and applied by, the, by this incredible, insane institution called Catholicism, Right. Well, yes, which, but, which, but let me say so it's important world, not to talk too much about that. So. It's important not to talk too much about that because it polarizes you. <laughs> it polarizes that. you into all the negative entities and all the deaths and all of well, the accompanying demonic frenzy. Yeah, I it's, agree with you on that. But it's but it's like calling out, calling out the hypocrisy, calling out the insanity, calling out and saying, you know, just like Christ did when he did it to the Jews, he says. You know, and he went into the money lenders and he threw them out of the temple. And he said, "You're all hypocrites and thieves." And uh, you know, this whole thing is insane. 
that's what that's what he did, and he got he got crucified for it. But it's like you know the entire religion based upon Christ's preachings or teachings, if you will. Okay, became adulterated and perverted by the church, and 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 uh, you know it, what. I mean, I always felt that if Christ was alive today, he would condemn them, uh, you know, uh, you know, totally condemn the church uh, and, and the Protestants and the Christian, you know, movements out there. More so, let me, let me add this, let me add this, is that what happens is all of this attention on, yeah. on the church, and, and it's, it's sort of like what it does is yeah. it takes attention off yourself. And this, this concept I explain in the book of Misa and Abim, which means right. the, the mirror within the mirror, yeah. Yeah, uh, the barbershop one. mirror effect is, is it, all that stuff can stop you from looking at yourself, and it puts out a truth there. Uh, the Jews did this, the Jews did that. When yeah. The real issue is yourself, and because right. and, Christianity teaches a lot about the, the Jews uh, not being in a good light, but it's sort of like but focus Jews, on yourself. The all, but the Christians now are embracing the Jews. They're embracing the. They embrace the uh, uh, Zionist uh, murder of the Palestinians. It's not. It's not so important to even focus on that because like, it yeah, takes your attention intense. off of yeah. yourself. It takes yeah. your attention. I mean, every group's got a, a bad guy scenario, but it's like it's like what is the self-reflection of you? And, and whether it be Christianity, Judaism, or Islam, or, or Hinduism, or whatever the Buddhism, whatever the religion might be, is what is the what do you look like when you look in the mirror? And I'm not talking so much about your physical face, but your your spiritual face or your spiritual entity, and looking into who you are and what you are, and and transmuting that aspect of you so that you can rise above the. Uh, you know the, the accoutrements of negativity that are accompanied right. by right. religions right. that try to control you or steer you. I agree. Um, that that and that's, I, that's to get back to your tarot. That's what the tarot is. It's a self-reflection, and that tarot deck and all the symbols behind it are based upon DNA, which is an expression of life. It doesn't necessarily read so clearly as DNA, but when you begin to under to study the tree of life. Uh, you see the life, and you understand the, the cards, and, the, and you understand the uh, higher arcana, and you understand the suits. You 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 respect the symbolism, and you respect that the the uh, uh, how how it can transform, or, or how it transform, how it can translate your future, you know, past and present. And and you go, my God, these these things are so um, relevant, you know. But but again. It, 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 it's up to the reader, you know. It's all dependent upon the intuitive intuition of the reader, you know, and how how they how they uh, how they interpret. But I found myself to be so ex- becoming so extremely accurate. In fact, I, I did a uh, I, funny when um, Obama was being elected the first time in 2008, I believe. Um, I did a I did a, a tarot reading, a public on on my on my radio show. Actually, it was on my on my uh, it's it's in my archives, and it's a tarot reading of Barack Obama, and a tarot reading of um, um, who was up against him, uh, John McCain, I guess, or someone I forget who his opponent was then. John and, McCain. Uh, McCain was it? And yeah, um, yeah in 2008, yeah. <clears throat> and I uh, made me laugh because. Uh, I did the I did this reading and I I, I did it cold and not not fully knowing what to expect but i kept coming up with what and i 
And I said, I'm seeing all of this feminine influence around this, around him, all right? And this high priestess and this, uh, these, these different uh, significant people around, the, around him. And this was before uh, Valerie Jarrett was even known to the public, okay, as, uh, as, as his ma- major advisor, all right? And, and, I, and I saw his close, close connection to this woman. And I, and I said it on the, in the reading, and I saw him winning the election, but I also saw him, you know, I saw what the influences were surrounding him, and they were kind of frightening, actually. And, I, and then I did a reading of, of um, uh, the same night, I did the reading of, um, of John McCain. And, and McCain, all of his cards were, were totally amazing, but it showed him to he was going to lose. You know, he was going to lose the election, which he did. And and it's like I think I think what what amazed me was, is before I mean what, what I could see with the tarot, it was that I was able to see foresee the the outcome of that election, but the secrets by, that were later revealed a couple of years later was the intensity, and I couldn't understand why there was so much. Um, so I, I I wasn't certain who the feminine influences were around him that were so predominant, okay, and uh, so dominant. And and then it wasn't until a year later or so after the after he was elected that the whole Valerie Jarrett um, uh, connection came into being, into view, when we realized that. And even to this day, uh, a lot of people don't realize that she is is the um, she leads him by the nose. I mean, she's a senior advisor, you know what I mean? Uh, as well as um, as uh, uh, his wife, uh, Michelle Obama. All right. So that and and that there is some form of cultic kind of connection there between them as well. And I saw this in the reading, and I I just couldn't. I mean, I wasn't sophisticated enough or advanced enough in my reading to understand where that was, but I did see the major influences. And then it, they all came up, but they all revealed themselves later after the election and after, you know. Um, uh, in fact, you know, the visual the visual validation to me, and I don't know if you remember this or not, but of my reading was when uh, Michelle Obama came out on the stage during the inauguration, uh, not the inauguration, but on the election the, the election night, uh, uh, when they, uh, did you, do you remember that? Did you see that on television? Uh, I didn't watch election night. No. Okay, well, that election night, okay, oh, when when Obama was elected, okay, they were on stage in this big uh, stadium and everything. It was a big to-do thing. She came out in this almost voodoo-like dress, okay, as though she were on fire. Okay, it was it was the most uh, revealing, most um, oh. Um, I can't. I don't even. Can't even tell you. Um, the dress was designed so she looked like she was uh, a witch inflamed. You know what I mean? Like a voodoo witch. You know what I'm saying? And 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 it was so intense and so powerful a statement uh, that she came out as, and it made me understand fully and recognize the 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 reading that I had done. Uh, you know, several uh, a month or several three or four weeks prior to the election. All right. 
and it all came clear at that when when he saw the dominant aspect of her, the uh, witchcraft or the cultish aspect of his uh, of his relationships with 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 these women, and um, and and at that point I I was like. I almost I almost put a crown on my head and said, Jesus, you're a master tarot reader here. You could see you saw that you saw what was going on, you know. And uh, I I and after that I kind of started to believe in myself in my in my ability to read the future. But as well, I let me you, let me give you let me give you a sample of of, yeah. of something with regard to that, and we'll yeah. take Michelle Obama in particular. Um, sure. As as I talk about in, in the White Bat book and in my experiences in yeah. Romania, I've had yeah. a lot of a lot of synchronicity with uh, presidential or uh, high government level uh, incidents occurring. Uh, yeah. But basically, um, a, a few weeks last month, um, I was asked to come out uh, to a park in Brooklyn and be there specifically. Uh, uh, First, I was told uh, Michelle Obama was going to be there, and they wanted me to meet her, and because she's interested in in uh, natural foods, there's a positive side to her as well, and she's yeah. inter- she advocates natural foods and a garden in the White House, and I was asked to come out there and 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 meet her, uh, and with my Qigong teacher, and. And and basically, then I said, no, this is this is not going to happen. This can't happen. And then it turned out it was her people. As it turned out, there was heavy rain forecast for that day. It was canceled. Uh, but I still was asked to come out there. And as a result of it, this this synchronicity through the presidential avenues, I was I appeared with my teacher, my Qigong teacher, for the first time in public at the Disclosure Network in New York City, and I brought him there. It's the first time we've ever appeared together, and I, and I, I skewed the whole uh, lecture towards him and the teaching of Qigong. I, I gave my experience as well, as well as I had a girl who I had met with, Romania, who was there. And uh, the, it's sort of like that energy uh, that I've had to traffic with. It can be transmuted to a higher level. I didn't believe for a minute that I was ever going to meet Michelle Obama, but <laughs> it, it was. It, the, the, in other words, the energy of Michelle Obama came into my uh, life, and it was. And it, things got got to a level they had not been before. I was able to introduce Qigong to people on a certain level that they would never have been introduced to otherwise. Who are interested in? You know, I'm, I'm there. It's basically a conspiracy type group. So they they had a whole experience. Um, and and this is sort of like I you know, mean, you know I, I, I tell you, you know it's funny that you you say that about Obama, uh, but she but the amazing part about her is that and and him is that you know with as far as regards to organics and natural food and gardening and all this crap, <clears throat> no other president, even George Bush, I don't think, had as much connection to uh monsanto okay as as this this clown does all right where he, you know he actually uh nominated appointed uh monsanto vice president and and chief lawyer and lobbyist to to the uh to the to the uh, head of the fda all right there are some very disturbing elements within Isn't the obama administration yeah, and you can go into the bp scandal as well 
yeah, uh, the BP, BP scandal. Horrible. You know what what he did with that? Do you know he allowed them? He allowed BP to to uh, to in 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 April a year prior, almost a year to the day of that of that uh, of that Gulf uh, nightmare. Uh, you know, in April of um, uh, the 2012, I believe. He allowed BP the only waiver on safety issues of all uh, in his new laws and regulations for oil drilling and all that. BP was given a waiver, okay, to its own safety aspect, and then it was the it blew up and caused the biggest oil spill in in, in Gulf history. All right. Well, yes, so, and there's many things we could go down this alley, especially oh, the fracking. Uh, but yeah. but the, the thing is, is the thing is, there's a big problem, and that's right. when the more, and this stuff is being focused on a lot. The media doesn't. It does leak into the mainstream media. It does leak into there, but it's being focused on so much. But no matter how much you have of any of this stuff, it doesn't change it. It in fact the situations tend to become exacerbated. So what, I, what I'm advocating here is, is to transmute your own personal consciousness because it's like getting protest PR doesn't work anymore. Uh, they, they have it so engineered that they oh, can, uh, they can, they, they can they'll, they'll, they'll be organizing your protest and siphoning it off, and you won't even know it. If you, if you start a campaign on your radio station, uh, they'll, they'll find somebody – uh, bigger oh, with more tentacles, Second, sure. and then then they'll sub- subvert it and siphon it off. That's correct. You know you know what they did. One of the one of the biggest 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 criminal actions that took place uh, against protesters was back in 2005. I was down at the D.C. Um, uh, protest, anti-war protest, and uh, September 24th and 25th actually, and there were. Uh, there were three or four hundred thousand people there. Okay, I know because I was down there. I saw them all. I videotaped them. I did a full documentary on them. And that group, we were all sprayed. All right, sprayed. And I say that from a helicopter. Uh, people noticed it. They wondered about it. They talked to me about it. Was do you feel? It? I filmed them doing it. And it turned out that all of the biosensors in that area on that specific day went off. And it was caught, and it was talked, and it was it became news by, it became, and it didn't come out until October first, okay, about a week later. But the the Washington Post got it. I got it on my on uh, as an email uh, notice from uh, from a, a news group that I that I deal with, and uh, and they they showed the post, they showed that they showed it from ABC News. Uh, you know, right, written. It didn't hit the. It didn't hit the networks. It was written up as well as the Washington Post did a full article on it and cited the CDC that all of the bioweapons in the mall at Washington Mall area where those and that day when the largest crowds were, they found pruremia, okay, bacteria, which is a bioweapon, okay, in a bio in the in the uh, U.S. arsenal, all right, was sprayed. It had to be sprayed because all six biosensors went off and they were and they they're within a five mile radius or four mile radius of each other, you know, surrounding the, the mall and the, the, the Capitol building. And all of those were, were went off. And I wrote and I found this, I saw it, I couldn't believe it. So I did as I uh, it turned out I was doing a documentary, I was, I was editing that and I wound up doing a, a, a third part to it where I read 
all of the CDC alarm uh, alert, the uh, uh, it's called a tularemia alert, a medical alert, that and it supposedly went out to all the all the hospitals around the country that you know to be aware that there may be people that were contacted by this. Not one goddamn hospital, all right, was contacted. We found this out through our own my own investigation. Our our hospitals up here were not notified of it, but the CDC made the announcement when they were talking to the Washington Post. Oh, everything's being fine. All this stuff is, uh, you know, we don't understand why it happened on this day, but it did. But there were over 300,000 people that were directly affected by that spraying. All right, the CDC states in their own their own uh, write up on 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 the bioweapon itself on Tularemia that if 250,000 people were sprayed were affected by that amount, right? 19,000 people would die. All right? Now, we had over 300,000 people there. All that was being sprayed on top of them, okay? And everybody, and there were friends of mine, who were, we were going back on the bus, you know, back to, to Connecticut on the bus and the stuff and on the trains. People were feeling sick. They were feeling ill. They were feeling, they, don't, they didn't know why. And when I got that, when I read that the all of the uh, um, all of the uh, of, 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 of symptoms of tularemia, all right, the they were all these symptoms that these people had, you know, extreme exhaustion, conjunctivitis, uh, you know, extreme headaches, uh, you know, exhaustion, you know, these kind of things that would come on them all of a sudden, you know. Uh, you know, normally healthy people, flu-like symptoms that would affect them immediately. So, uh, and a number of people were that way. And then when I when I saw this, and I I couldn't believe it. I said, Jesus, something happened here. And then when I saw this come out in a in a major newspaper, I went, Holy crap! And I presented this to a bunch of the people around here that were were at that, and they they just proved they oh, that's got to be that cat. They didn't spray us. One guy was nearly dead. Oh, that's what's going to happen to me, ah, you know. And and it's like the total, absolute denial of the fact that it was there. I contacted the uh, uh, the, the 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 agencies, the, the uh, activist groups that sponsored that that rally, uh, Code Pink and uh, uh, Peace and Justice, you know, and uh, there's one other. And I and I confronted them. Uh, there was no mention around their websites. There was no mention of anything. And I confronted the leaders. I even invited them on the pro, my program on my FM show, and I and I and I said, "Why weren't these things mentioned?" Oh, we, we telephoned some people. I said, "Telephone? You never put it on your website. You never notified anybody that 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 we were assaulted by by a, a bioweapon." I said, "If you ever really wanted to impeach George W. Bush, this would have been the thing to do." And they all cowered and said, "Oh, we didn't do that." And I said, "Listen, I will never, ever." Ever donate, sponsor, promote, or any of you goddamn liberal, you know, uh, you know, idiots. Okay, you're you're all looking for the dough. You're all you're all out for yourselves. You're not out for those people. I said, you realize over twenty thousand people that attended that that thing could possibly have died, and you didn't even have the balls or the or, the, or, or anything to to mention even on your website or try to make a mass appeal to people to to have themselves checked out. All right. You know, I I was so livid. I wrote a scathing, scathing articles that went national actually. And then another friend of mine out in Ohio who wrote a, who was writing a free press. He uh, he found, he. I talked to him about it. 
he said the same thing. He wrote a scathing article on 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 it. Hit hit national media too, but you know uh, you know the internet. But uh, but you know you cannot ever. I could never again trust any of these uh, yayas. Okay, that are out there promoting these big uh, protests. You know what I mean? I never. You know. I, I, I laugh at them. They're nothing but money-grubbing bastards, you know. Uh, well, that's, you know, that's the whole design. That's why I'm saying it's it's like even to focus on this stuff, it wastes yeah. your energy. Hey, it was a, it was it a wastes your energy. You know, and even talking about it wastes the energy. The media said there were only 10,000 people there that day. That, that was what the national media said. They couldn't, they couldn't deny it was there. But they said, oh, that was only 10,000 people. There was over three hundred thousand of them marching around the Capitol building, marching around the yeah, but, Capitol. But I mean, this 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 has gone on for a yeah. long time, and it's like it it oh, yeah. doesn't change anything. No, it doesn't. It, it's, it, doesn't. it only increases their ability to. Con- it only increases their ability to contain the information. And this is, and I'm going to say something that's very important: is that when you you see all these powerful forces in the world that are intimidating people, whether it be through chemtrails or. Uh, you know, media or whatever, whatever it is, Monsanto, it's like there is a senior force in this world. Oh, and, and, it, and, and the Chinese call it the Dao. The T-A-O is how it's spelled, pronounced Dao, like as in Dow Jones. But it's, it's like this is the most underlying principle. And in, in this mystery of mysteries, you find everything. And it creates all the evil, all the good, all that's everything. And it's, it's a much more subtle and non-reactionary because it doesn't have to work. All this world could be wiped out with a, a series of earthquakes or tidal waves oh, yeah. or the sun exploding, all of which is nature in itself. It's the more, the more uh, tough, uh, unsympathetic aspects of nature which do exist. Um, and and, and this, this is one of the things is there are, there are, there are more forces than – and so what happens is all these negative forces in the media begin to – conspire in their own way to, to polarize people and to pin them in and they see the negativity of the world because there's plenty of negativity out there but it's not oh, yeah. all negative the world existence is all negative but it, it it spins you in and it does the exact opposite of what the alchemy it transmutes the higher aspects of your soul into the more polarizable and into this fighting jihad if you will and yeah. and it makes one become a crusader against all this evil, and then you end up becoming what you're fighting because it's it's a fight you're not going to so win. True. That's true. That's very very true. You're you're absolutely right. And and uh, you become what you fight. I I, I you know I, I I see that. I you said I think you mentioned that in your book. Um, you know how how you you how that takes over, and how that can take over your whole personality. And I've been reading another uh, fascinating book on fourth-dimensional thinking called Out of This World but, uh, by a, another mystic, that uh, a guy named uh, Neville, uh, who wrote back in the uh, 60s and 70s. He's passed away now. But uh, he talks about the trans- transcendence of spirit and so, but how uh, everything is done in a fourth-dimensional, everything is thought and created in 4, 4D, you know. And then and then through time and space and whatnot, it, it's transformed and manifested into the third dimension, all right, where we're living. But the what what he said, I I, I can't. I I'm I'm sorry if I if I quoted him instead of you. I'm not sure if you mentioned. It's all right. Before. I mean, there's a, there's a lot more authors than me. Yeah. I, I was reading them parallel yeah, at the same time, you know. Uh, but 
uh, in your book, uh, I believe it's stated that, but you, you do mention the presence of the jinn. You do mention the presence of the, um, the, 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 the other side, you know, the evil aspect. And, and what happens is you become, uh, you become what you hate, you know. Um, you, know you know what I mean? Uh, it, it takes over your, your, your whole um, being. You know your your whole thought, and then you become exactly who, who uh, you know what you, you you take on everything that you despised in the first place, uh, in order to combat them, and that's why in war, you know the warrior becomes you know is it becomes identical to the guy he's fighting. You know what I mean? And the, whoever has the bigger weapon or the bigger sword or the bigger gun is the guy who, who gets killed, or a guy who kills. But um, you know. In order to to be a positive, in order to transcend that, or to in order to get away from that, you know, you have to kind of embrace both light and dark within you, and transcend those thoughts, transcend that concept, and say, look, you know, I only want the best to come out of this. I only want the best to happen. I only want the positive, the light. I don't want the dark. I don't want to be dead. I don't want to kill anybody. I don't want, you know what I mean, that kind of thing. And uh, and and then once once you've accepted that aspect, you move on, and you resolve your you know whatever your issue is, um, you know with with whoever it is or whatever the issue is. I for for one a crusader. I think I've always been in some way a crusader for the you know the the. Uh, the poor guy was the guy that went into a side guy get beat up and went in and beat up the other guy. You know, I mean, it was beating him up. So you know, I try to try to help out, but it's like you know that that's that was my nature. It's always been. So I always I always went for the underdog, and whenever I saw saw some horrible injustice being done, I I had to do it. I had to talk about it. I had to bring it out. I had to publicize it in some way. So you know that uh, and and that's what I do. But under the but I but at the same time I've learned always to guard myself against the you know uh, trying not to and it's very difficult not to hate something that you see or try to you know denigrate something horrible that you that just is you know um, horrendous you know but at the same time you you have to try to grasp it as part of humanity and say, well, there's some problem here. Why are they thinking this way? Or why do people deny that this is happening, even though it's happening right in front of them? Why do they deny this? Why Why do they stop this? Um, uh, the, the, these feelings or, or these emotions, uh, you know, and, and transverse them into, into some negative form when they could bring them into a positive so I'm always fighting that aspect, and I, I think you are too. I think most people are, but I think I think in in your book, and I, I, I you 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 touched on so many really uh, powerful um, aspects of writers, the the, the uh, an artist, and uh, you know uh, what their responsibility is, and understanding that they are mirroring their souls, they're mirroring themselves, and. Um, what they project is what is making the, uh, whatever um, impression they're putting out there is affecting other people as well. That, and um, 
I don't know. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I kind of went, I kind of over overwent there, but uh, you know, please please uh, elaborate on your. I hope I didn't overshoot my myself here, or shoot myself in the foot talking. Hey, uh, so how did you want me to respond, though? I'm uh, just respond in the sense that am I am I on target with your book, or, or were you? Um, where did I miss that I miss it completely? About what you were trying to. Uh, well, you you across. didn't you didn't miss it completely, but I'm just saying is it's like it, it's. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, <laughs> this is all about. Let me just say this: it's like you you mentioned a lot of horrible things going on in in the world, and certainly, yeah. indeed, I, I don't disagree with you that, that uh, with those particular horrible things, or that there are many horrible things. Uh, this yeah. is a book about trans transmute transmuting that which is in your own sphere and and making the world a better place within your own sphere so if these negative characters uh come into your peripheral zone that right. you know uh you know maybe you'll meet somebody from the national football league who's a nice guy rather than a <laughs> rather than a child molester or a wife beater yeah, you know yeah, it's yeah. it's like uh I, I you know it's like you. yeah in other words so that you know, there there is a good side to the National Football League. Uh, there's also a dark side. It's like whatever there is, is you want to uh, interface and and create because your world is in your horizons are all that you can ever affect. There will always be bad horizons uh, that that go on. And, and and you know, you were talking about Christianity. Well, that whole story is an advertisement. For how bad and sinister the world is, it's all consolidated oh, yeah. right in that story, and and it's oh, yeah. like it's like so it's like this is this is this world, and uh, and then of course in 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 the history of Christianity, without even uh, speaking to the the relative truth of 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 the of the the tenets or the, or the religion itself or the the, the so called history of it, is the history of Christianity is laden with negative. Horrible, horrible occurrences, uh, oh, yeah. and, and so, so the, the 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 story which talks about the ultimate negativity in this world only proceeds to become equally, if not more, negative to what already was going on. So it tells you that the <laughs> yeah. the, the truth is not in the obvious. The truth oh. is not in the obvious, and you have to go for the inner core. But most importantly, how how do you interact your life so you don't end up on the the wrong end of a stick in inside of a right. a, a torture right. chamber of of the Knights Templar? <laughs> You're right, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and and this is okay, yeah because yeah. you know if you, yeah. if you polarize you know into that uh, you know you can become all the characters in the Jacques de Molay drama of of the people of the Joan of Arc, the people who were trying her and and burning her, and then the one that's being burned. It's like you don't you don't want to have anything to do with any of that stuff. You're right. It's it's absolutely true, and I I see that when I I always caution myself on that because I whenever I see myself going too far in the crusade or too far in the in my in my uh, um, angst, you know, I I, I I pull back and I go, okay, okay, okay. You know, is this going to get me crucified, died, and buried, or am I going to, you know, burn at the stake, or what? You know, and, well, it's, um, it's it's good to make things known, but by the same token, Joan of Arc is the story of this incredible uh, hero for for uh, the, the 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 French people, but then she's got and she's got these voices that are, uh, you know, spiritual voices uh, telling her what to do, and then she's basically killing 
all these Englishmen whose agenda is certainly yeah, yeah, not exactly, good. Exactly, exactly. And, 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 and then she's ended up with all these deathful people <laughs> on her psyche in her consciousness. Yeah. And, and there's yeah. there's there's a, there's a a rule in Qigong is that when you you kill somebody, you yeah. get the karma of those people. So That's so true. she ends up losing her spirits, ends up getting burned, and, uh, and she got betrayed by her, by her own by her own king, you know. Uh, well, you know, but the, but the point of it is, she's yeah. carrying the karma of all these Englishmen that oh, she yeah. had killed. Not that they were good, and she ends up a part of their karma. And and uh-huh. uh, you know you can't judge her, but I'm just saying is look what goes with the package. It's and okay. th- this this is all this occurred whether or not you believe in Christianity, whether Christianity is false or true. All this stuff happened with her. Uh, yeah. So it's like, but, but, but not just her. I mean, you can look at you can look at people like her throughout history, you know, and and you see the karma, you know. Well, she's a prime example. Them. I mentioned her because most people oh. have heard of her. Right. She is indeed but, uh, a yeah. historical character. But you know, um, they uh, so many so many characters in history have have, uh, uh, have have taken on the karma, the conquerors, the great conquerors, if you will. Have uh, you know they've taken on the, the the karma of all those they've conquered, and uh, you know died. Uh, uh, some in, some in cases like uh, Caesar, um, you know died a brutal death where you know what all oh, the entire Senate, everybody in the Senate stabbed them. <laughs> you know, or, or you know other people have taken on these this horrible these horrible uh, kinds of um, uh, karmic endings. And, uh, well, yes, and he, of course he killed he killed many people himself. Course, he was a yeah, great warrior. Yeah, he was a great warrior. Yeah, so you know the karma was that he, you know, his karma was uh, to be killed that way too. You know, so he lived by the sword and died by the sword kind of thing. But but I, you know, uh, myself personally, I I think I know when to stop. You know what I mean? I, or I, sometimes I, I question if I have. But there are certain things that have to be said that have to come out because you see that nobody else is bringing them out. Or you see things and you say, "Oh my God, what is going on here?" You know, and so you have a you have an audience, just like just like yourself. We you know when you're with your writing, you know uh, that certain this certain things have to come out. You know, they're they they have to be said. They should be known, and um, and you make an effort to, to to bring them to the public. And I do the same thing in my own way, and and so do many other people. But uh, you know. Uh, we, or at least I, I know myself, I happen to be uh, an independent thinking person where I, you know, I, I'm not um, pushing any uh, any corporate cause, you know what I mean? Uh, so for sponsorship or a corporate, uh, you know, um, uh, uh, spokesman for, uh, you know, Monsanto or for... Uh, uh, Procter and Gamble, or whatever the you know whatever the corporation is, but uh, mobile, but um, you know that that's the price I pay for uh, you know for speaking out against these evils, you know. But a lot of people don't see anything as evil. They don't see oil companies as evil. They don't see Monsanto as an evil. They don't see uh, government as 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 overbearing or as an evil. They don't see war as evil. They don't see. They, they don't they don't pay attention to that aspect and I don't know maybe maybe I shouldn't either my life would be a lot easier I think it's the nature of people is to be sheep it, I mean they've been yeah, bred yeah. as sheep 
exactly. they're fleeced as sheep, and this is the nature of populations. Uh, right. That doesn't mean that some of those people uh, can't. It, it, it's it, that's that's an oversimplistic uh, a way to look at people in general. But it's like yeah. to the degree they're asleep, they're into the, you know, into the sheep range, and if you're a sheep, uh, you can at least juxtapose yourself to where you're at the outer sides of the slaughterhouse. You know, you're not you're not first in line to go in. Uh, and, and then, you know, maybe if you're inter enterprising and, you know, you can escape or transform, you know, from a sheep into a wolf or something else. And I don't think they, I don't think you can do that. You can, you can wear, you can be a wolf in sheep's clothing, but I don't think if you're a wolf, you're not going to ever be a sheep, you know, uh, you know, you'll always be, uh, uh, you know, on that other side, you'll always be a predator, you know, uh, but you can be. There can be sheep that suddenly wake up and say, "Hey, I'm going to the slaughter. I don't want to be slaughtered, you know. I don't want to be fleeced, and um, you know, and suddenly run away." Or try well, to they take on the mantle of the predator, and and right. this is this this is where life becomes a very uh, 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 controversial yeah. and, and challenging act, uh, yeah. where you take on the mantle of the predator to survive, and then you polarize into becoming the predator. Uh, and indeed, a real but, predator. But in the same time, in the same time, you you if you win against the predator, you live. You know, um, if you don't, you 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 die. So so that in, in in itself is where I think we have to take on both sides uh, to, in order to survive in this third dimensional existence. We have to be both predator and sheep. You know, we have to be. Um, uh, both uh, peace and you know be able to fight you know be be able to fight for ourselves uh defend ourselves in some whenever we need to and not just cower in a corner and wait to be slaughtered you know so that that's my feeling and the one thing i always had against christianity and i could never understand was turning the other cheek i could never understand that philosophy you know if i get somebody pelting me and kill trying to kill me I'm not going to just stand there and go, hey, uh, hit the other cheek, you know. No, kill me. Go ahead. You know, I'm going to live forever. Uh, no, it never made any sense to me, you know. So, you know, they uh, and and I and I realized it was such a a perfect perfect religion for Romans who were a violent, extremely violent, conquering race of people. Okay, how of course they wanted their you know, it was a perfect religion for people uh, to be dominated by, you know. Uh, turn your other cheek when I come in and kick you, when I come in and take you, take your property, and I come in and kill you. You know, don't don't offer any resistance because uh, you're going to go to heaven. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like, God, you know, well, come on. You know, what what kind of religion is this? What kind of, what kind of foolishness would, a fool would, would, would accept that as a concept? But there are millions and billions, there's a billion of them out there that are accepting that, you know, unquestionably. And uh, I don't know. I, you know, I, I just got to look at it and go, oh, my God, my God, my God, you know, uh, spare me, you know. I mean, you, you, you're the same way, Peter. I, can't, I don't think you're, I mean, you're, you've, you've been through so many different um, experiences. I mean, you know um, that you're, not, you're, you're definitely not a sheep, you know. Are you? No, and I never have been. And uh, <laughs> no, that, uh, what, no, what's no, created? No. 
<laughs> I don't think no, so. No, and, and when I have spoken out about things, I, you know, it's like it puts you away from the pack and makes you dangerous yeah. to the sheep, whether it be in the Scientology movement or even, yeah, even yeah. In, in small smaller doses. And, yeah, uh, yeah so, so no, it's, it, it just doesn't work. And, and uh, it's, you know, it's better to be alone than... Uh, Absolutely, then be another, and, and with the, with the rest of the crowd. <laughs> yeah, really. But anyway, Vera, it's it's uh, it's already it's an hour and a half. We're already over. It's all recorded anyway. But I wanted to uh, I want to thank you so much for being on. We had a great great talk tonight. And I hope I I hope your book does very well. And I'd like yeah, let me get back. off the web, website before we go. Uh, SkybooksUSA.com. Skybooks. USA.com. It's also available. The white bat is also available on Amazon.com. Okay. All right. Great. Skybooksusa.com. And I'm going to, I'm going to do a, a book review on my website for you as well on, on this book, and um, you know, hopefully promote it that way for you. And um, you know, thank great. you very much. Um, it was a very great read, and uh, I'll put this uh, in, and I'll be embedding this show uh, as the book review, as part of the book review as well. So. Um, you know, you can uh, on the, on my site lastoolshow.org. So um, just um, so thank you, Peter. As always, it's uh, it's been illuminating and enlightening to talk to you, and I hope we can talk soon again. And I hope so. Thank you, out, Leo. All right, guy. Have a good night. Bye. Bye. And that was Peter Moon, uh, SkybooksUSA.com, and check it out. Uh, fantastic guy, great writer, uh, fascinating book. And check out all the other books on the Montauk series and the, uh, his books on um, uh, on the uh, Transylvania Moonrise, Sunrise, and uh, you know, Secret Parchments. Uh, just just a fascinating bunch of books that he has on his site. Again, that's uh, uh, skybooksusa.com, and that's uh, Peter Moon. Okay? So good night, everybody, and I'll talk to you next week, and thanks for joining us.